0: Are not serving us well. We need to creatively destroy the ships that brought us here and move into the land of the future with better tools. Tools that keep us safer and healthier, that create more wealth for more people, that foster more intimate and rewarding relationships. We need to leave behind what is not working. We need a modern revolution. The people right here they are thinking differently and we'll tell you where you can learn all about them later after you have listened to them closely for now we don't want to impress you with what they have done we want to impress you with what they have to say the modern revolution will be podcasted okay welcome back welcome back to the modern revolution and today we have another modern revolutionary, Marion Stewart. And um, as you know, those of you who've been listening along, we don't spend a lot of time, we don't spend any time talking about their resume and why they're an expert and why you should listen to them. Instead, this is an invitation to, in fact, listen to our guest, And then if the ideas resonate with you and you wanna pursue them further, you can find our show notes at the3minuteuplift.com. And there you'll have links to every place you can, um, you know, that they want you to find them. We'll make it easy for you to do that. But for now, the goal is for you just to listen and to take in what we're saying. So welcome, uh, Marion. I'm so glad that you had time for us today. I appreciate you carving out uh, these 30 minutes in your schedule.
1: My pleasure. It's great to be here.
0: So the way we like to start and what I'll ask you first are two questions to kind of give folks a sense of, uh, your work in the world. So I know you do a lot of different things, and you have a career that uh, you know spans a lot of different areas that you've been uh, accomplished in. But if we wanted to sum up your work in uh, something more of a haiku than a novel, more you know, sort of a phrase, how would you describe your work in the world? And then uh, on the heels of that, what problem fundamentally are you trying to solve in the world?
1: Okay, fair enough. So I've dedicated most of my working life to helping women manage their menopause and their PMS naturally based on published research. And I'm sometimes referred to as the pioneer of the natural menopause movement. And the problem we're trying to solve is the fact that for the most part, doctors aren't educated. And yet there are tens of thousands of medical papers to show that women can help themselves to a slice of better health, no matter how old they are. But particularly as they get to perimenopause, excuse me, those eight years leading up to menopause, menopause and post-menopause, then they are going to feel so much better than they do, because we know that women very often get to mourn the loss of themselves and feel that life isn't worth living. In our latest survey, we found 96% 96% of women were unprepared for menopause and two-thirds of them felt robbed of life as they knew it which is completely wow. horrendous and needless so relationships break down self-esteem goes out the window women leave the workplace and it becomes a complete nightmare however when women learn to have a midlife refuel which is what we're suggesting they do based on research okay. they can get turbocharged again and the point is they don't know that they can do that. They're too tangled up with the M word and the shame and the ageism surrounding menopause. Right. But actually hundred years or so because we weren't living much past 50, it didn't matter. But now when 40 something represents halfway for so many of us, it matters a great deal. So I'm really focused on changing the whole paradigm for women as they age because we are one of the fastest growing sectors in the workplace and women are expected to do more for longer and how can they do that if they get bowled over by their hormones, no yes. matter what yes. stage in their life? Well,
0: wow. I mean, uh, it's the, the scope of that is extraordinary in terms of the number of, of human beings that are affected by what you're talking about. And yet, in another way, it's sort of very specific. I mean, it's that you're you're you found something in the world that needed attention. Um, that, in my mind, you know, if you're looking to heal people, you found something really specific to work on. So I'm curious, did the decision to help women with these issues come to you in an epiphany where you decided all at once, this is what I want to do, or was it incremental that over time uh, you decided this is my life's work?
1: No, I think it was the universe found me actually, because um, Mm -hmm. at the time I was married to a doctor and in England, and he and three other doctors were setting up something called the British Society of Nutritional Medicine. And they found 10,000 medical papers on the non-drug approach to health. And I was on maternity leave after having our second baby. They didn't think I had much to do. So they gave me these 10,000 medical papers (laughs) to sort into conditions. And I found 200 on premenstrual syndrome. And -hmm. I was so taken with them that I decided to train my ex-husband's nurse so she could deliver an extra service to the patients. And the rest is history, really, because a journalist came to the clinic. She got to hear about it, she wrote about it. And before long, I was kind of dragged screaming onto breakfast television in the UK, and we had massive media coverage. And because, as you said, we found this, it was a can of worms, really, because women with PMS at that time, and probably still now, because there's not much better education, Many of them were suicidal, violent, aggressive, they would describe themselves as Jekyll and Hyde, and wow. no one was really helping them. And certainly not with a natural approach, at best with hormones and, and antidepressants and things like that, which are really not the solution, more a Band-Aid approach to PMS. and so we just literally, some days we had, this was before emails, some days we had the postman arrived from the sorting office with three sacks of mail. We had over 2,000 letters a day from women <laughs> pouring their hearts out about how terrible they felt. Uh-huh. And I remember I was actually in Australia, I was on a book tour and I was in Melbourne at a new women's library and I was doing a photo shoot and the and the photographer kept saying to me put your hand back on the shelf he was saying you know put your hand back put your hand back my my arm was really stretched out and when I looked back where my fingers were there were two copies of our PMS video <laughs> and I'd only ever had 5,000 printed and oh we'd loaned about to women's groups and I only owned one at that point right, and I was right. completely beside myself to see two on the shelf the other side of the world so I realized at that point that we really had helped women all over the world and that was a great feeling because we Uh, with PMS and menopause, it's got to be more than 100,000 women have benefited.
0: That's That's extraordinary. I mean, clearly.
1: One-to-one help beside the books, you know, and and I get stories from women. I had one patient who uh, I helped her with her PMS. And then years later, she came back for help with menopause. And she remarried a guy who owned a big yacht. And so they used to cruise around the world, as you do. And (laughs) they they met all these other people cruising around the world. She used to give out my books. And I remember she came back to me to my clinic and we were talking and she said, oh, I've got all these different women who have benefited. She was telling me their stories. I'd never met them or spoken to them, (laughs) they they'd got over their PMS and menopause.
0: Well, as I understand it, you've written 28 books, so there's a lot of books to give out, uh, clearly. (laughs) And so the universe seemed to have found you at just the right time and you you became a voice for something that, boy, it sounded like uh, at the moment, particularly, all these people came pouring out (laughs) to come and find you. Um, So there's a problem there because there's a lack of attention and a lack of awareness, a lack of resources that, uh, you know, you kind of broke open the conversation. So in my mind, there's status quo forces that must be, you know, I'm sure less so over time with the good work you're doing, but why, what are the status quo forces that push this problem to be perceived as less serious than it is because certainly 2000 physical pieces of mail a day must have been an overwhelming experience and. As we've moved into a digital age, I can only imagine how much you're contacted and your organization is contacted. But perhaps then and now, like what is the status quo forces that say you know what these issues are not as serious as you say they are.
1: I think the fact is doctors aren't educated. The Mayo Clinic survey in 2019 showed that only seven percent of doctors and gynaecologists, who are supposed to be specialists, felt adequately educated to help women going through menopause. And I, you know, I, I took six years out to run a foundation in memory of my daughter. In 2009, I came back in 2000, and the end of 2016, I think 2017, and I, I didn't have my TV show anymore. I didn't have my columns in the newspapers and magazines and I hadn't done social media during my uh, my foundation journey.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I didn't know, really know what to do. And a friend of mine, by that time I'd married my American husband okay. and I was living in Florida and a friend of mine introduced me to a filmmaker who I was interested in making some films on women's health. So she invited me to a Facebook Live course the next day and persuaded me to make some really rubbish quality films on my phone, which was very scary. And (laughs) um, because there was no hair and makeup, thinking, well, this looks terrible. And I posted them in a little Facebook group I made that day. Mm -hmm. She made me promise to make two more in the next two weeks. And those four films got seen by over a million women in the space of 12 weeks. And so <laughs> here I was again, completely inundated with the most needless, unnecessary suffering. And it made me angry. Do you know, I thought, why are women left to their own devices? It's like they're almost thrown to the lions and they really do mourn the loss of themselves. And they're part, we've done surveys on men and men feel rejected. They feel frustrated, they're scared they hardly recognize the person that they're living with. Right. And it doesn't have to be like that. Our, our program, our research, that which is really research from all around the world. So it's not only our unique research, it's, it's everything that's been shown to work comes into our natural program. And the women, In fact, we got together a few years ago and we made films with 10 women talking about their stories. And I cried that day because I'd forgotten how badly the women felt when I met them. So there was a woman there, for example, she was a professor specialising in women's health information. And she was she said that she felt she thought she had early dementia. and she had depression and fatigue and spots on her face and so on and I invited her to come on our program and within the space of six or eight weeks her symptoms had gone her skin was clear her brain was clear and everything was working properly she had energy again and instead of leaving the workplace she became head of department at her university and so we have tons and tons of amazing stories these women are wise they're smart they're change makers, but they just get bowled over by their hormones and it's not a good place to be. And so we have to do something radical, uh, which is why we're collaborating with all sorts of organizations. We're um, doing more this year. There'll be more awareness coming through TV, through um, surveys, public health campaigns. And we really do in the next five years need to change the whole paradigm, just like it happened with pregnancy years ago and especially in the workplace, and we just need to do something similar. So in in
0: terms of like the status quo that, you know, 93% of the medical community is undereducated or not educated about the issue, when you are then in your position of advocacy and you're out there trying to educate, I presume that you come up against um, assumptions and that you're challenging in uneducated perspectives, assumption about you know how serious this issue is or how this issue plays out in people's lives what, what's the most profound assumption that you're challenging when you're looking to make the changes that you're you're ch- you're looking to make
1: i honestly don't think that we have we face those assumptions i think there are some doctors that would die skeptical okay but for the most part when we've done health education campaigns for because we've surveyed doctors And we've done downloads for them that they can hand out to patients. They're so grateful because they're not educated. Do you know, it takes away that heart sink moment when they're in their clinic and the patient comes in and they haven't got a clue what to do. They can just send them to a link that's going to provide them with information. So I think they are open for the most part to knowledge. It's just that they have a very busy life and they don't have time to go and do the extensive research themselves. So one of the things I do is I specialise in gathering all the information with my team, so we've right. got it in one place. Because the internet makes life, it makes it great in some ways because you can sure. find everything, but it makes it terrible in other ways because there's so much conflicting advice out there. Yes. And yes. so, for example, in a pot of or a pack of pills that you can get that say they will help with your menopause symptoms the research shows that the vast majority of them don't even contain what they say on the label. Yeah. You know they're not necessarily standardized. And so it's right. really important that women come to understand what's gonna work for them, what's been shown to be safe and effective. What's the irreducible minimum you need to do to feel fabulous again?
0: Yeah, the, um, which actually that uh, couldn't be a more perfect uh, lead into the next question. Um, but I, I, just as an aside, I'm thrilled to hear that in the face of a lack of knowledge, a lack of education, you're finding um, a receptivity to your information rather than resistance. And so
1: yeah, we get loads of referrals from doctors. We always yeah, have. That, that's know?
0: lovely to hear because that, I mean, certainly um, in other areas of health, Uh, things that reduce things to let's start with um, dealing with you know diabetes for me is a real touch point right I mean let's not start with metformin let's start with what you eat the last week as a as a place to begin Uh, however uh, the system pushes people in a direction that I object to. I object to the notion that we don't start diabetes treatment with a lifestyle conversation. So to hear in this particular arena that as you bring your information to the community, the medical community, it's being received so well. Um, When you talk about the irreducible minimum that can move people in the right direction, the the next question we generally ask uh, is, you know, someone's listening to you out there right now, they may you know, look you up or they may not, but they're they're certainly interested in making a change in the direction of um, increasing their health and reducing their suffering in, in this particular way. Could you advise that listener on, hey, look, here's a place to start. Here's some things you can do to, to help yourself to move in this direction.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think the first thing is it's never too Early to start because perimenopause are those eight years leading up to menopause when you've got changes going on in your body. Menopause is just one day, it's the anniversary of your lost period. That's the okay. average age of 51. And then from the next day onwards, you're postmenopausal for the rest of your life and you're more predisposed to things like osteoporosis, the bone thinning disease more disposed to heart disease, than men and dementia as well. So you can prevent all of those things if you learn to meet your needs. And the key thing that the research shows, so our own research of five separate studies, plus researchers around the world, have shown that billions of women have got nutritional deficiencies. So the first thing we have to focus on is correcting those. And life can make it worse. So if you have babies and breastfeed and live life in the fast lane and drink too much alcohol or go on diets and all of that kind of stuff, by the time you get to midlife, you are pre- you're a bit like a bucket with a hole in it. You're in economy mode. And so you have to have this refuel. You need to learn to meet your needs, which is uh, the first important thing to do. The second thing is, as you get to menopause, the ovaries stop producing estrogen. So if you remember, I said hundred years or so, we weren't living much past 50 it didn't really matter. But now, obviously, it matters a great deal. And we've got to keep taking into our body naturally occurring estrogen, so that we can fill the receptor sites in our cells and fool the brain into thinking that we've got normal circulating estrogen. And that helps everything from our memory, through to the lining of our vagina, uh, and our well-being in total. And so those, I guess those are the two key things to start with. Although it's very much I think our program is very much a um, five-pronged approach, and okay. we're looking, or even six, because we're looking at the correcting nutritional deficiencies, teaching women how to consume naturally occurring estrogen, which helps to make new bone as well and protects you from heart disease and dementia. Right, we're also right. looking at taking some supplements that have been through properly conducted clinical trials, so they have been shown to be safe and effective. Right. Doing some formal relaxation, a bit like meditation, Mm -hmm. because that helps to rewire your brain, as you know. And also it helps to reduce hot flashes and night sweats by 50 to 60%, which is huge. And exercise is another one to uh, oxygenate the brain, release the lovely endorphins, and also speed up your metabolism so you don't end up getting fat around the middle. And if you are already, you help to melt the fat. And also looking at how do you keep your bones in good shape? Because before menopause, we're making 3% new bone but after menopause, we're not making the new bone, but we're still losing 3% a year. And so women get osteopenia and osteoporosis, the bone thinning disease, and they need to learn how to make new bone because there's no point having all these extra bonus years if we're crippled. So we, um, we tend to do it with diet and exercise and supplements, but also we've been using OsteoStrong, which is a a a bone loading system. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because
1: the research shows you can increase your bone mass by over 14% within 24 weeks. So we're kind of looking all the time for biohacks and things that we can do to rejuvenate ourselves and keep ourselves in the driving seat.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable to me. I mean, my wife's a naturopathic physician and, you know, much of the um, much of the things that degrade our health, the, uh, you know, the the prescription is the same. I mean, many of the things that you're talking about doesn't don't just pertain to helping with uh, this particular issue, but are uh, uh, you know the way to attack you know kind of many many different uh, issues of, of degraded health. Um, so you know, eating, exercise, self care, um, you know, proper rest, you know, all of those things. There, yes. there are ways. There are ways to deal with so many different things. So it's interesting to me just that that theme comes up almost regardless of what health issue I'm in a conversation about.
1: Yeah, we need to learn to look after ourselves. As women and myself included, because I had four children and right. as you said, I wrote all those books and ran around busy advisory service. I was always last on my list. you know, we're doing things sure. for everybody else and we're the last priority. And we literally fall over if we don't care for ourselves. So people need to take a few months out at midlife to learn to meet their needs they also need to have smart conversations with their partners and employers because this is just a transition it isn't the end of life as they knew it they can do a u-turn and really not just look 10 years younger, but actually feel 10 years younger or more you know they get their energy back instead of feeling tired all the time they sleep all night Instead of getting up half a dozen times, right. you know, it's a, it's a game changer. Their brain fog disappears, and they're not scared anymore, feeling isolated.
0: Yes, I, well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's that's a it, it's such a dramatic shift, right? From for, you know, not we often think of people as the walking well in, in this area, right? Like they're they're not they don't realize how good they're supposed to feel, uh, and sometimes it's yes. right these changes move them towards oh if I, I can actually thrive I don't actually have to just manage a condition that's keeping me down but I can feel in a way that um, that makes me feel like I'm thriving
1: I know and that's the other thing so everyone who comes on our program says they didn't know how far they'd gone down until right. they bounce back up again because it becomes new norm to feel sure. rubbish yeah and you forget how energetic and ageless you can actually feel when you're learning to meet your body's needs
0: Cause sure. Well, Marion, I know you have a lot of accomplishments. You've got you've got a lot of different things that you've done. And um, so, but I'm going to ask you family aside, because you know, all of us with children and you know, part of a family structure kind of gravitate to that being the thing we'd like to be known for. But if you want to pick out an accomplishment that you would like to have associated with you, what would you want people to know? Like what, what singular accomplishment would you say? Hey, when, when the name Marion Stewart comes up, I wanted to
1: be associated with this? I kind of, it's a twin thing for me, really, because I got a British Empire medal from the Queen in England for the campaign I did in memory of my daughter, so we saved literally, um, well, countless young lives, because she was given something called a legal high in England, which is bath salts here, so I think I'll probably be remembered in many circles for that, but I undoubtedly would be remembered for my pioneering um, efforts to help women to feel better. And I'm not finished yet. You know, there's there's an amazing campaign coming and we really are gonna change the paradigm. And I feel very passionate about it and very blessed to be meeting other amazing women who are also change makers, who are coming together to accomplish this. It's not just me doing it by myself. It's an amazing collaboration.
0: Yeah, uh, that's just so amazing to hear. Well, we are going to post show notes at the three minute uplift.com and people could go into that blog section and, and link out to all the places that you want them to find you. However, uh, here, um, maybe you could give us uh, give our audience just a quick place that if you want them to search for you quickly, where's the best place to go look for you.
1: So just my website this is marionstewart.com and my name has weird spelling it's m-a-r-y-o-n-s-t-e-w-a-r-t.com and we have a free midlife refuel club so we have um, a place where people can come attend a live session every week and there's some self-help information in there as well so that's a place that someone could start or they can read one of my books my latest one is manager menopause naturally but there's help out there for everybody, no matter what stage they're at, and no matter where they are from suffering mildly and wanting to prevent something through to feeling like they can't face another day. They don't need to suffer. And if all we've done today is given people hope in their heart and partners for that matter too, to know that they can get back the person they fell in love with, then we've done a good job.
0: Oh, my goodness. What an amazing well, thank you for uh, spending time with us. I'm really grateful that you were uh, willing to have this conversation. My pleasure. So today's uh, Modern Revolutionary, Marion Stewart, uh, she's good enough to come here and talk about uh, what she's working on in the world, and she's clear-eyed about our current situation. She's brave enough to bring her thoughts and words to the arena, and has been doing so for a long time. I hope that she inspires you to bring your thoughts and words to the arena, because the world uh, needs them. Don't keep them locked away. The Modern Revolution needs us all.